Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. She's all mad because I've made her press record when we haven't decided what we're talking about. I have to have a plan. I can't just... We've been just... sitting here for like 15 minutes discussing what we're going to discuss. <laughs> I'm going to get my pen out and write some more notes. <laughs> I'm going to eat more chocolate. These are fake notes. I'm just doing squiggles. Can I see your notes? Nope. Let's start with... Hey, Annabelle. Hey. Let's start with, okay, with episode four. Yep. I was meant to... The sound is me eating chocolate. Bit of ASMR for those of you out there. Actually, let me try some of that. Okay. So usually, just can I just, in my defense, I don't eat things like that usually, but I really like that chocolate. The sea salt one. The other chocolate we have is Belgian... You've spilled it on your blank notebook. On your notebook with the scribbles in it. It's orange peel. Oh, I like that. Orange peel and dark chocolate is legit. For those of you who like ASMR, here is me eating chocolate. Mm. Someone said to me today that I should do ASMR, and it's like the hundredth person that said it to me. Yeah. I think I might have a career that I don't even know about. I'm going to charge great money. OnlyFans was a mistake. I should have been doing ASMR the whole time. You should do it. Great, another thing today. Cool. Great. When you're already having a panic attack over everything you're doing. So, when they got here today, you were recording your weekly cover. Mm-hmm. Can yep. you tell everybody what you chose this week? I can, because this will be coming out after. But So, I'm doing a cover every week in the lead up to my new single coming out. Which is amazing, by the way. I heard oh, it. Oh, thank you. In the studio last week, and I just loved it. We've had it mastered. It's my oh, God, I got chocolate on your bed. Oh my God, I need to. Oh now. no, I just made now it. Now you're bigger. rubbing it in. Hopefully, just so. Your new single is amazing. It's called. My single is called Spiritual Violence. I love that title. Thank you. So, you were here the other night when we got the mix back. We've had it mastered since then. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard it, Spiritual Violence, run to your closest streaming platform and type that in. And just put it on repeat and yeah. just listen to it thousands of times. So up until then, you are recording a song every week. And what did you do this week? Oh, yeah, week? I'm doing a, a cover every week, videoing them and putting them on the internet, on YouTube and on my Instagram. Everything is forward slash OK Annabelle. And this week I did The Carpenters. Superstar. I love that song. Me too. it's such a sad song and all of the songs i'm choosing are basically songs that i've either listened to 
loads in my life and have inspired me to write or are specifically things I was listening to while I was making the record. And this song is just one of those ones that I listen to and have listened to constantly for 20 years. Mm. Obviously, Karen Carpenter, RIP. Yeah. Gosh, what a life. So beautiful. Yeah. So tragic. I'm very drawn to things like that, that are beautiful and tragic, that energy. I don't really know what that's about. I don't know why I'm like that. Do you think it's to do with that we know that life is going to pass us and shift and change and that we're all going to be gone someday? And so that makes the moment kind of tragic in a way because you can't hang on to it? Um, Life is fleeting, basically, and everything. I don't know if that's exactly why, but I think that is an element in it. Like, the bittersweetness of life is something that's always been really romantic to me and really inspiring. Mm. And I think that's also just the bittersweetness of life, the dark and light in life. I'm not one of these people that's like, good vibes only, happy all the time. I just think it's, it's so unhealthy, all of that stuff. Have you seen The Days of Wine and Roses? No, I haven't. Should I see it? Tragically beautiful movie. Oh, you would love it. Is and it really sad? Yeah, it's very sad. And one of my favorite quotes is from that movie. It says, They are not long, the days of wine and roses. Out of a misty dream, our path emerges, then closes within a dream. Wow, that's so sad already. It's about an alcoholic woman who just rips apart her family. They're a married couple in the 50s or something. And she just drinks herself into the ground. Sad. And her husband tries to stay by her. They have a young kid, and she just can't keep it together. It's very sad. Oh, that sounds awful. Anyway. (laughs) Good God. I was going to say, let's talk about some funny things. And then we just went straight for the jugular. So we also listened to some of your music last week. We did, yeah. You played we're... us. Actually, better than listen to your music, you did a concert for us and you played Lullaby. Yes. Remember that one specifically? Mm-hmm. I love that song. Thank you. That song, Lullaby, is about a boyfriend of mine when I was right out of high school. He died when he was 22. Oh, my God. Of cancer. Yeah. What kind of cancer kills a 22-year-old? I forget. Some really rare cancer. And he wasn't sick for long. And that was, I learned a big lesson out of that relationship because he had cheated on me. And I was really, really, he cheated on me with my best friend. In high school? Yes. So obviously in high school, it feels, it's like so dramatic. And yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, you're the worst thing you It's do. in your entire world. Yeah. It's your high school and your town, your hometown. And so he had done that to me and I just didn't know how to respond to that kind of thing and I just went into defense Mm. and just wanted to inflict as much pain on him as I could so I threw everything he gave me into a box all the letters all the pictures I crossed out all the pictures I took all the letters and cut them up and circled where he had lied about you know I love you I wrote liar and it was horrible what I did um but you're young and you don't you went full I went bunny boy, full, boy bunny boiler psycho bitch mode I did yeah you just you don't know how to handle those feelings yeah. the first time it happens to you at such a young age and all the jewelry he ever gave me I melted it and hammered it 
into like a ball of metal. It was okay. crazy wow. what no, I did. Literally, this is psycho. I, I love it. I lost no, my I'm mind. Obsessed with that. Okay, tell me more things that and you did. I. I just took any shirts I had of his. You ripped them up. Ripped them up. Shredded them with scissors. And I put it all in like a shoe box and I took it to him at his work. Was this in Montecito? No, it was actually in near Malibu. And took it to him at his work and I just shoved it in his hands and just left. And then he went to um, rehab shortly after. Yeah. So he was having some issues. And he called me from rehab and he said, I'm just, I, I loved you and I'm so sorry. And I, I don't know why I did that. And I'm sorry. And, and I said, it's okay. You know, I'm, I handled it really poorly. And, and we, and how old was he when he went to rehab? And was this like after? This, he was probably 20. So it had been a few years since the incident and yeah. the breakup and the reaction. And yes. you had left high school. Yes. Yep. That was the last conversation we had. And then he got sick shortly after that. And he was only sick about a year. Wow. It took him real quick. Yeah. It took him very quickly. And it taught me a major lesson because then he passed and I have nothing of him. Wow. Yeah. And I promised myself that I would never do that again. I would never Mm. erase somebody like that. I don't care how mad I get now. Yeah. Anytime I've gotten that mad, mm. I have not done that. I've maybe put their things away in a box yeah. in the attic or something, but I never, I don't like that concept of erasing somebody while they're alive or ever, you know? Yeah. Because it only hurts you. That's such an interesting subject. I <laughs> so can relate to a lot of that story. My first boyfriend, my first serious boyfriend cheated on me as well. And when I found out, I'll never forget the feeling. It was like my knees were weak. And I was hot and cold all over and like dizzy. You remember that feeling? Yeah. Yeah, you, and you, you don't know. Lost, Your system doesn't crying, know crying, crying, crying. Like I was in the house with my mom and my sister and he had already been a naughty boy anyway. And we are very close to this day. He'll always be family. So everything's fine now. However, he had alcohol and drug issues as well and my sister literally had to like pin me down because I was like I'm going I'm getting on a train and I'm going to where he is right now we lived a couple hours apart I'm going there right now and she like pinned me down she was like you're not going you have to calm down what would you have done if you got there? I don't know you were in England I don't know what I would have done yeah I've been a psycho but I did go you got out of your sister's grip oh no <laughs> ran to the train (laughs) ran no I did go that week and I didn't tell him I was going and he was like oh I'm so sorry but he never went didn't tell him I was going and I walked into the pub in Eastbourne the black sheep I think it was called that we all used to go to and I walked in and there he was sitting in the corner with a girl on his lap how old were you that you could be in a pub in England well we were I was underage, but you you have to be 18 to drink in a pub. But let's be honest, we're all in the pub from about age 16. Everyone yeah. in there was underage. So he's in the corner with a girl. With a girl. Was on it the lap. same girl? Different girl. And were you still together at this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were trying, I went you were trying crazy, to work crazy, obviously. What, what was his face like? Just complete shock. He obviously was not expecting me to just turn up there. 
Because how would I have known he was there for a lot? I just, it was just a guess. I just guessed. Did you do yourself up or did you have like. Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, what I was like a full, like, um, <laughs> like goth punk at that time. So, whatever the version of doing yourself up yeah, yeah. in that style is. Um, I probably wore some like extra safety pins on the crotch of my jeans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I went mad. And I think I called the girl like a slut or something. It's like, get off my boyfriend, you slut. And I was like outside now, and I t- I went crazy, slapped him in the face. I attacked him. He followed him. you outside. Yeah, he followed me outside like a naughty boy in trouble at school. Yeah, well, I owned him because I made that girl my girlfriend, and I'm <laughs> carried on with my life. I've done that before. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's just good so- songs come out of it. Oh my god, yeah. So what song? Did no, you I mean write like about girl, that? like I mean like girlfriend, like not just my friend. Like I made her my like girlfriend. Like sexual. Yeah. <laughs> that is next level. <laughs> oh baby, yeah, she is really hot. Where does she live? No idea where she is. I um, just told everyone that Andrew went to rehab. You're not supposed to do that. I'm sure everyone knew that Andrew went to rehab. We rehab. We. Um. But so okay, so. Talking about that, okay, first of all, yeah, totally get it, had the same experience. So did you write a song about that situation? I wrote hundreds of songs about the situation. And it was an ongoing situation. I was with Jimmy from age 14 until my early 20s on and off. But Jimmy ended up becoming, like, more like a brother, and he, like, lived with my family and stuff, and that's how that went. Really? We were so young. I know, young people do stupid things. I have so many funny stories of me and Jim. God, we laugh when we're together. Because he, he and I just acted so mad independently, but also like when we were together, so crazy. I cheated on a guy in seventh grade and it broke my heart because I liked him. I, I was like so... You're obsessed with him. I was obsessed with this guy named Nathaniel. Hey, Nathaniel. He hey, want- Nathaniel. <laughs> he wanted to be... My boyfriend, and I couldn't believe it. I was so excited. So you sabotaged it. I've totally sabotaged it. I totally did. He was my boyfriend for about a week. Mm. And I went on a like a walk with this other guy in my neighborhood. And the guy kissed me. And I just let it happen. I just, I didn't you know. You snogged him. I just didn't know how to say no. And I just let him kiss me. And then. He's not cheating. Someone told Nathaniel. I wasn't going to tell Nathaniel. Did someone see or you told somebody else? I think the guy told people. <gasps> and then Nathaniel <clears throat> came up to me at school with everyone watching him. No. Tittering, tittering and whispering. And dumped you. And dumped me in in the quad. like In, with in every, front of everyone. Yeah. And <laughs> I was shaking so hard. And that's actually how I got into Poetry Club and how I... Because you wrote poems Connected about- with poetry. No, because then Nathaniel broke up with me in front of everybody. And I denied it. I denied that I'd kissed this guy. He oh. was like, I don't, I'm not going to be with you anymore because you kissed what's-his-face. And I said, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you did. Bye. And then I was so embarrassed that I couldn't be at lunch anymore. <gasps> Because I was mortified. And so I joined Poetry Club because it met during lunch. Oh, my God. And so for the rest of the year, I was in Poetry Club during lunch and fell in love with poetry. And that, you know, that was where I first discovered Shakespeare. And 
Wow. All the greats. And I, I'm still obsessed with poetry and collect it and act it. But yeah, that was how it started because I cheated on Nathaniel. I had a love in seventh grade as well called Jeremy Kingsley. Oh, God. I still think I'm in love with him, actually. Let's have him on the show. He um, we should have actually two weeks ago announced that he was his girlfriend and him having a baby. Mm-hmm. And congratulations, but also I am devastated. So I had to text everyone in my life and let them know that Jeremy Kingsley's having a baby. You didn't text me. Well, you don't know Jeremy Kingsley, so... And I texted my mum and I said, I would like for you to erase all signs of Jeremy Kingsley from our home. This is what I'm talking about. Don't do it, Annabelle. I tagged every available surface with I heart JK. Every dresser, every door, every sink, every everything, like, underneath things. My mum was laughing. She was like, Annabelle, you're married. I'm like... I know it's a baby is very permanent. No offense to my husband, but divorces are a thing. Babies that baby's forever. Takes it to the next level. My future stepchild. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened with him in seventh grade that you lost him? Oh God, I've How'd no, you fuck I, it up? Honestly, the most <laughs> he fucked up. You know that yearning, longing, just desperate love, unrequited. Yes. So painful. So painful. Even as a child, Living it's hell. so... It's hell. Yeah. It's agony. Yeah. That was me with Jeremy Kingsley from, like, age 10 to... What, he just um, never now. liked... He just never liked you? <laughs> did he ever give you a glimmer yeah, of hope? Yeah, he did. Oh, he, he did. did. Yeah, some really horrid things. Oh, actually. he toyed with you. He toyed with me like a little mouse. Well, everyone thought he was gay at school, and I knew he wasn't, because he would secretly kiss me, and would tell me that he like loved me and fancied me and all this stuff but he would never be my boyfriend like out it was always a secret and then everyone would be like you're crazy honey that's not true and I'm like it's true he loves me and, and I he, love him he wouldn't even speak to you if and you went up to him blanked me it was like I didn't exist which oh. I think is probably quite formative for me in my relationships because now we're talking about it it's really yeah. <laughs> coming together <laughs> So the worst breakup that JK and I ever had was, so we had payphones on, I went to boarding school. So the girls wing had two payphones, boys wing had two payphones. Mm-hmm. Call your mom, whatever. This is before mobile phones, by the way, not to uh, age myself, mm-hmm. but it is before them. <laughs> so he called me from the, he was like, I'm going to call you at 8, 15, whatever. In the payphone. So I'm there at the payphone waiting. I'm like, no one can use a payphone at 15 Like, blocking the doors off. He calls me. He's like, hey. I'm like, hey. And we're, like, talking. And then I hear giggling. And all the boys. He's on speakerphone. He's put the phone on speakerphone in the payphone booth. All the boys are giggling. And then I realize they've all been listening the whole time. And then he goes, you're dumped. And they all just like fell about laughing. And I was so devastated. That's so And so humiliated. It was awful. It was awful. It was so sad. It was so sad. What did I you do? Did you tell anybody? No, I was mortified. I wasn't going to tell anyone. Obviously, they all told people the next day. I wasn't going to tell anyone. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, it was awful. I re- and I continued to be in love with him. I joined Touch Typing Club because he was in Touch Typing Club. So I just wanted the one thing, typing like where you type where you don't look at the keys. Uh-huh. So we there was like a lesson, like an extra group where you like could a learn. stenographer in the courtroom. Yeah, so you can like look at. I could look at you and type right now. Can you still do that? Yeah. Cool. Thanks to Jeremy Kingsley. Yeah, thank you, Jeremy Kingsley. Yeah, and then after I broke up with my last boyfriend, I saw Jeremy Kingsley a few times, and I really. Why do you call him by both names? I don't know. Call him by Jeremy. It has to be Jeremy Kingsley. Has to be because I'm not in love with Jeremy. Right, with Jeremy Kingsley. Got it. And we saw each other a few times between my last boyfriend and my husband. Did he ever apologize to you for dumping you that way? He probably doesn't even remember. Oh God! So he just found out. So you can send me an apology. In the form of a marriage proposal in the next 10 to 15 years and when I'm ready for my second marriage. Congratulations on your baby. Congratulations on your baby. I'm sure it's going to be perfect and have beautiful eyelashes like yours. <clears throat> and your girlfriend looks tall and she has really nice hair. So I hope you guys are really happy together. Good luck with that. And you're, you're dumped, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> You're dumped in front of a million <laughs> listeners. Yeah, you know, you're really, you're right about to say that these relationships are very formative. Totally. I mean, totally. talking about this right now, that has been every relationship I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it. Me too. I'm thinking it's about me things too. longing, longing and longing, longing, this unrequited love. And I go in. There was this man, Will, that I was obsessed with. And they're always older than me, which is weird. Apart from Jeremy Kingsley, he was the only one that was my age. And Barnaby, my last boyfriend. But, oh my God, above and beyond. Making them little things. Doing, like, I'm always available. I'm always there when you call. I'll always come over at the time that suits you. This guy, Will, he went away to Peru. He used to drive this postman van. You know, the little red postman vans in England. So he had like no. an old decommissioned one and that was his car. And I found it at the train station where I knew he'd left it. And I covered it in flowers, like something from a film. Because I knew he was coming back that day. That's the kind of wow. shit I would do. And it's like, a man doesn't want this. <laughs> Whittling him miniature things and leaving flowers on the car and writing love letters and drawing oh. portraits and stuff. That's, this is me, every man. Well, that's the little girl in you that is the romantic. Yeah. That wants... Is pining for daddy, for for, for daddy, honestly, for daddy. I mean, you saying that is reminded me of a really powerful experience I had in sixth grade with Corey Miles. (sighs) Corey Miles. Corey Miles. Yeah, he was my first kiss. And I grew up the kind of kid that because of some alcoholism in the family, I was always trying to be very quiet and likable and Mm. not rock the boat and just like be very easy to love. Yeah. Just very easy to love. Whatever you need me to do, I'll just do it so that we're fine and you're fine and you don't leave. Yeah. And you love me. And you love me. Yeah. I feel that massively. And so I got to this new public school and I had gone to private school my whole life in a very, very tiny school. So I came to the shock of sixth grade in in a public school and I was just strange. I just dressed different and I was quiet. Did you go to one of those little Montecito schools? I went closer to Los Angeles, but it was a Montessori school. It was a Waldorf oh school. Oh my God. Well, that is so much context. Like, it's not like you just went from one school to another and it's like you're this strange girl from a private school. You went to a Montessori school. Yeah. 
So it's like, that's what was strange. It's not the private to public transition. No, it's the Montessori. It's the fact that you went to Montessori school where you probably had like, instead of chocolate, you were given like carob. I was given carob. (laughs) I was. Yeah, instead of chocolate. That's sad. And also it's child abuse in my opinion. You you know what's even funnier is I had carob covered tofu sticks. (laughs) That's disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah, I had no television in That's the house. That's why you don't like this chocolate. I hate it. It's because... Traumatized. It tastes like something My that childhood. would have been given to you at the Montessori school. Exactly, yeah. Anything healthy, get it away from me. And if it was like, okay, <laughs> was it like, okay, Lucy, you seem to be feeling a lot of anger right now, and what you want to do is scream and punch a wall, but they're like, why don't you draw a picture about it? What color are you feeling? I'm feeling purple. I'm feeling specifically li- <laughs> lilac today. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, it was. And so it was then you went to public. Lovely way to grow up. You went to public school. Yeah, I had no plastic toys. All my toys were wood and cloth. Whittled by... Whittled by me because whittling was one of my classes. <laughs> I would whittle my own toys. And then I'd go to friends' houses. You're not joking, are you? No, no. And I'd go to my friends' houses. Some pee actually just came out. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, I don't know why. I just pissed myself a little bit because it frightened me what you said. <laughs> I basically grew up naked in the woods until it got so awkward for yeah. my relatives that they would ask my mom to bring a bathing suit when I'd come over. Because I was like 13. Oh, so you had like little boobs and pubes naked. and stuff. And it's like, yeah. Time anyway, to play, yeah. I had no toys of plastic. So every time I'd go to a friend's house on a play date, I was just using the friend to play with their Barbies. I can and relate I'd, to this. I'd lock myself in their so room much. and I would make the Barbies have sex. That's all I wanted to do, which is make the Barbies. And I didn't watch any television. I just watched movies and I watched the same four movies over and over. What were I watched they? the Ten Commandments. You and me are so similar. It's actually fucking weird how similar our lives are it's psycho (laughs) you watch the ten commandments ten commandments gone with the wind mary poppins and chitty chitty bang bang okay mary poppins and chitty chitty bang bang completely understand why we were allowed to watch the first two seems like a disaster in the making and ben-hur that was the fifth one why yeah and how the west was one loved him loved it so those Five, six movies on and rotation. And well, that was later when I was rebelling and going through my teenage years. I glommed onto The Shining. Before that, anyway, I came to public school from being a Montessori kid using colors to explain my feelings, which I still do. And this guy, Corey Miles, swept me off my feet. Oh, you Corey. Know? He told me. I think me, I'm in love with him. He told me. He told me. Listen, I really want you to be my girlfriend, but there's this other girl, and her name is Ashley, and she's about to leave school. She's going to a new school. She's going to be here for like two more weeks. So, how about Ashley's my girlfriend for the next two weeks? But then when she leaves, you're going to be my girlfriend. Wow. And I was like, okay, great. Sounds great, yeah. Because How old are you at this point? I was 12. Yeah. Oh. Because up until 12... You love organization as well, so... I love organization. He yeah. gave me a plan. He laid it out. I said, you know what? Works for me, I, baby. I can understand. <laughs> yeah. I can plan my next month. It's perfect. 
But me, with the specific issues I had of dealing with a parent who I was just trying to, like, it was on their terms. Yeah, yeah. Me getting their love was all on their terms because I didn't understand what was happening with, you know, my dad always going away. I didn't know why. I thought it was my fault. I thought if I could just, like, be more lovable he might stay i don't know and was he it's because he's going off to work and things yeah he was just gone you know he was living his best life yeah and kids don't understand because they're so literal they just go oh you left it must be me let me spend my whole life trying to figure out (laughs) how to make you stay (laughs) you know so this is making me feel really sad i mean the reason the reason we got on this is because it's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Do you react to these relationships that way because of how you were raised by your parents? Or do those relationships shape you? It's both, right? Yeah. It feeds into itself and it's a cycle and this is our life. And you grow older and your current relationship and my current relationship most likely are still processing these issues in some way. Oh. So... With Corey, you know, I waited for... The two weeks, and did you guys... I waited for the two weeks, and then he was my boyfriend. How long was he a boyfriend? Oh, you know, on and off for like a year. Whoa. Yeah, we were we liked each other for a long time. Did you guys do bits? We just kissed, but he just was my first time. kiss. He said, oh, he, he gave me a note, and he said, I still have it. Yeah. It's in my one of my scrapbooks. It said, Lucy, meet me behind the green box. There was like a green shed yeah. at the baseball field at the school. And he said, meet me behind the green box. And he spelled meet, M-E-A-T. <laughs> <laughs> and I went there after school with my best friend, Katie, who's still my best friend. Aww. Katie was there when I had my first kiss. She was there when I lost my virginity sitting outside the room. Oh, my God. Watching television. She's been there for me so many times. And so I made sure that I was there for her when she had her first baby. I was in the hospital sitting outside the door listening. And I heard him take his first breath, her little baby. But her and I have been there for each other. Really interesting. So Katie came with me and his best friend came with him. And they stood and we went behind the green box and totally kissed. And it was so scary. Oh my god, did you use tongs? It's so thrilling. Did you use tongs? Yes, it was so thrilling. I was 12 and it was just Corey Miles. That's Corey Miles. Oh, Corey And then Miles. we'd go on dates to the movies and my Ooh. mom insisted on coming with us. I mean, you have to be getting it. My mom would go on all my dates with me. But what she would do is she would sit like five rows in front of me. So that uh, so she wasn't watching No, me. she just wanted me to be able to yell for her in case I was getting molested or something. But <laughs> she didn't watch us. <laughs> so Corey and I would go to the movies. How long did that go on with your mom? Totally make out. Um, till about five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so the umbilical cord is still quite, we need to attached. maybe go to some therapy. <laughs> yeah, feeling a bit attached to mummy, are we? She did that from the time I <laughs> No, I think it's so Really sweet. just about, because I had my first boyfriend when I was 11. His name was Jason Kennedy. And I broke up with, he was at the Montessori school. I broke up with him because he did Jim Carrey impressions all day long. 
That was my reason. I remember breaking up with him and he said, Do you know where he is now? No, I don't. He said, but why? Why are you breaking up with me? And I said, because you do too many Jim Carrey impressions. (laughs) Super. Take care now. Bye-bye then. Fair enough, to be honest. Right? I don't. I wouldn't like that. I didn't like it. Yeah. No. Even though Ace Ventura was one of my favorite films. It was my favorite, but come on, man. Yeah, it's not... I mean, he's, like, playing, like, a wacky man. We're not trying to... Not needed. So she only did it from, like, about age 11 to 13. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, like, the year after Corey, you you were The year after Corey, I told her to fuck off. No, you didn't tell your mommy to fuck off. My mom and I really came to blows at a certain point. At what point? But that's another story. No, it's not. Um, At the point that I was a freshman in high school and I started dating a senior... And she threatened to get a restraining order against him if I didn't stop. So we kept dating and we just did it in secret. Plus he was a senior and you were a junior. Yeah, he was eight. No, I was a freshman. He was 18 and I was 14. I mean, yeah, it's a bit. So, uh. It's not illegal, but. Her and wait, I. Wait, is it illegal? It is illegal, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is illegal in some circles. Um. Her and I came no, to actual make physical sense. blows. It, uh, illegal in some circles. It is, is illegal, it illegal yes. in the circle of the law in California, <laughs> the United States. Yes, it is illegal. Yes. Okay, just to clarify, <laughs> you know my foot, Jimmy. He was older than me, and his mom was so upset because it's how te- much older? It, not how much older. Two years 25? older. No, I was fourteen or something, and he was like sixteen. So it was statutory rape. But I was gagging for it. It wasn't like... <laughs> like, it wasn't like... Any more chocolate. It's not like oh, Jimmy chocolate. was doing anything wrong. I was like, please, Jimmy. Please have sex yeah, with me. Yeah, I was the one begging him too. I was I like, know. let's get this over with. Let's get this over with. And let's do it 50 more times. Yeah, let me see what this is all about. <laughs> exactly. Before you need to go off to college. Do you remember your first time? Yeah. I remember it so well. Yeah. Mine was awesome. The first 24 hours was just like, tried everything. <laughs> I didn't try anything. Mine was really? so straightforward. No foreplay. Just, just in like and out. Straight to the point. Missionary. Just. Wow. Just really cut and dry. Just really learning the ropes. <laughs> Mine was so like passionate and loving. Because he'd been my boyfriend for a long time. Yeah. It was like a big, like, we were, like, really in love. It was a mine, big relationship. Mine was, too. It was very sweet. It wasn't very passionate, but it was very, um, technical. <laughs> it was, like, painting by numbers. It was painting by numbers. And I was like, Ow, shagging. wow, that really hurts. Yeah. Wow, okay. Okay. Are you okay? No, yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, keep going. It's fine. I love you. I love you, too. Keep going. Oh no, that's so awkward. So yours was passionate. It's wonderful. It was sweet. It was fine. Yeah, mine was so passionate. God, because we'd been going out for this point for so long. It was bit that had been building up for so long, and we were so obsessed. With why each were other. you waiting? Dementedly obsessed with each other. I don't know why. I just because you were eleven. Because I was young. Yeah, I was young. I mean, I wasn't eleven, but I was young. And I thought best wait till I'm at least fifteen. For Christ's sake. Yeah, I was um, 15. And it was, yeah, I was super loving and super passionate. And he was always respectful and 
caring and kind. So I think I was, hate to say it because I know a lot of girls aren't, but I was lucky in that way. I wish I didn't have to say I was lucky, but I was. And I was he too. really took care of me. And, and listen, I do think that the whole virginity thing is really like overhyped. The whole sanctity of virginity and all this. I just think it's so... Yeah, it's become taboo. Bad. I think it's really men- emotionally and mentally bad, like, that it's some big thing. And that it's like, you have to hold on to your virginity, otherwise there's something wrong with you. You're dirty. Well, that's how women have been repressed for thousands of years. I also don't like... I've been thinking about this a lot recently, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> oh, God, this is going to be dirty. No. It's going to be appalling. So you know how we were talking about She me? always gets this look on her face before she's going to say the most appalling thing. I'm just so scared to say it. Okay. So you know how last week, we were, or was it the week before maybe last week, we were talking about Me Too? Yeah. Well, I got a bit Me Too'd. Your first time? No. I was Me Too'd like someone Me Too'd me. As in like, they were like, Me Too, but to me. Like you did I was it to the them. perpetrator. Okay, let's back up. <laughs> so you have me too'd someone. It, it wasn't, the words me too weren't used, but I'm just going to say it felt like I was being me too'd. Yeah. A man or a woman? A man. And the reason I was thinking about virginity so much recently is because it was about his virginity. And... He lost his virginity to me and he basically shared with me that I traumatized him slightly and that- Did you force him? No, I didn't force him. God. How would you put it? I wasn't as gentle and delicate as I could have been. Did you tie him to the bed or something? No, I didn't tie him to the bed. I just was... You weren't precious about it. At this point, I was quite sexually experienced. So, um... He should be thanking his stars. No, I mean, I... The thing that was tricky about it for me was that it seemed like he was putting a lot of his relationship and codependency and sexual issues focused on this virginity moment. Right. And I remember when I lost my virginity, my mom went mad. She didn't speak to me for over a week. Why'd she know about it? Because my fucking sister called her and told her, like, excuse my language, I've already said fuck and everything else, but a real bitch. She <laughs> she called my mom. I confided in my sister that I'd lost my virginity. She called my mom and tattled on me. How'd you get her back? I don't know. She went mad. She went completely mad and she'd wouldn't talk to me for a week and she went off for a week your mom yes oh my god and i and when my sister lost her virginity my mom did this dramatic painting about it i don't know it's just so i just find the whole thing demented and then so that and then i've traumatized this poor boy about his virginity how long after you took his virginity did he come back at you and say that you had traumatized last week no (laughs) (laughs) this was last and it was years ago that you slept with him. Yes. How did he get a hold of you? We were friends. But what he did he say to you? Never really like brought it up before. What did he say? Just everything I've just said that it was traumatizing for him, and that, that a lot of his relationship issues he think were about that. Yeah, that's not your fault. 
his relationship issues and codependency issues are not about me. Exactly. Let's just put it that way. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, and that's what people bring to sex. You know, they're going to bring their past. They're going to bring all their... Yeah. But I, for my virginity, I wasn't traumatized. I didn't feel like it was a big deal. It was very calm. It was very loving. Yeah, you didn't put a lot on it. No. And I hate the expression, take your virginity. I think that's like a really horrible thing. I've just been thinking about it so much since my friend and I had that conversation the other week. Because... You know, I have young nephews and a niece and maybe one day I'll have kids, I don't know. But I think that the way that we talk about that stuff is really important. It is. I do not want the young people in my life to put this big, like, thing on virginity. I don't want them to feel scared about it. I don't want them to feel traumatized about it. I want them to feel excited about sex. I want them to feel guilty about it. Guilty or dirty. I don't want them to feel... Like, they have to lie or it's a secret. I want to know that they feel healthy and safe and all of those things. And I don't want this language of take or give or anything like this. Mm-hmm. I wish that the whole concept of virginity could be really erased. It's such an old, unhealthy thing. Like, like you said, is to do with an ancient, deep-rooted masculine over feminine it is masculine over feminine you know i was is she clean yeah exactly is she i was watching a documentary because i watch i try to watch a documentary every day and i watched one on okay show i'm sorry i do (laughs) learn i keep learning so clever you know yeah so i watched one the other day about these i don't even know how to describe it these people in another part of the world where it's their tradition to sell their daughters off for these arranged marriages mm-hmm. and how they prepare them from infancy to be sold mm-hmm. to a wealthy husband. And that's how they continue the family money yeah. for generations. And yeah. these girls are happy to do it because it's all they know. Yeah. And they were interviewing this one girl in particular going on her journey of being prepared for a husband and she was young she was 13 and she was going shopping for the dress she's a child bride she was a child bride basically yes and same thing you just saw wow and she was just saying i would love to explore my own life and my own dreams but that's just not the cards i was dealt and i watched another one on these mennonites how you know they live without any modern technology, yeah. no modern comforts. They're basically back 500 mm-hmm. years. And same thing, just the women. They were interviewing so many women that said the same thing. I would love to pursue my own yeah. things, but it's all about the man. And virginity has been a major tool mm-hmm. that men have used to keep women down in that way, where if you are soiled, deflowered, you're not worth any money, ruined you're by the family. Yeah. By sexual experience, you are worthless. You're just worthless. Cotillion? Think about Cotillion. Exactly right. You're preparing the woman to be presented to society to grab a a husband. In a white wedding dress. In a white dress with all her manners in place. She's lovely to look at. She doesn't speak. (laughs) She doesn't have anything to say. This is what... So basically, here's this child. Um, This is what she's going to... Look like as a bride, just in case you're wondering. Yeah, here's your catalog. 
of beauties. Yeah, so it is a taboo thing, this virginity. I don't think it belongs anymore. It's an outdated yeah. concept. But look, it I really... don't think it's going anywhere, but I just think if there's some small changes that, you know, just on the level of your own family that you can make, so at least that's a handful more children not traumatized by the concept. Yeah. I agree, and I think it just but, comes uh, down to the individual. Some people are ready for it sooner. I was just super curious. Yeah, I mean, clearly you had the Barbies shagging in the Clearly. Closet. Yeah, and I was always a very curious kid sexually I mean I would in kindergarten I just remember like taking little boys and girls and just kissing them in the bushes yeah like I just I liked kissing I thought oh that's yeah I I like that sensation that's interesting to me I want to see what that's about yeah I think there's so much suppression of that there is because sex it never felt dirty to me I wasn't as a kid child it doesn't it doesn't it's adults that they the make gaze it dirty. of the adult that makes it into this thing, and it's like the most natural thing for kids to do. It's is, so is natural all of that, but I think that the world is so different now than when, when we were kids. I think that growing up, I never really like would get in trouble for stuff like that growing up, and I think most people didn't really. But now it's like because of the internet, because it's so easy to be a predator or be preyed upon. People are so afraid of children I think exhibiting any kind of curiosity when it comes to like their bodies or other people's bodies or anything like that that was something I've become so aware of since living in America it's like heightened sexualization of children as a reaction to not wanting children to be sexualized what ends up happening is you like hypersexualize them and I still don't quite know how to pick that apart or what to do with it or what fuck I think about all of that I just yeah well you're saying you're saying start in your own family and try to create a safe space for the young ones in your family yeah I've got youngies too and will most likely have children and that's really where you can start with it is just creating a safe space for them to know that they're not dirty or wrong or weird yeah you know, because I, it was very normal for me as a kid. And it was normal for me at 15 to feel ready to explore sex. Yeah, and totally. I was like, sweet, let's, you know, I want to see what this is all about. I'm yeah. interested. I'm curious. I mean, you loved your boyfriend. I'm in a loving relationship. But even if you didn't, I think that also needs to be okay. Like, it does. If the path that you want to take is, oh, I just want to get my virginity done with. It does because he went to college and we never dated again after that. Yeah. Like it was over. Yeah. But we bring so much to sex. It's such a, it's so involved because gratefully, luckily, I didn't have any experiences that harmed me sexually as a young person. Wow, really? No. God, I don't like. Nothing. That's so odd. There are so few people I I know that haven't had like damaging. I know. People don't believe me when I say it. They say, oh, well, you just can't remember them. But no, no, they do. They're like, you've pushed it down. Well, I because, mean, because or they say well, otherwise you wouldn't have kissed the little kids in kindergarten. You must have oh, had something. Oh, for God's sake! You must have had something at home, and you've just pushed it down <sighs> in your memory. But no, I I'm so, and I know, untrue. I know what a big deal that is to say that I haven't, because I know that that's rare, and I know so that rare. most people listening have not had that luxury, you know, yeah. and so. It's just very tricky what shapes our sexuality. Yeah. It's all these things and mm. that happened to us really early on. It really affects the rest of your life. Yeah. So we got on this topic because we were talking about songwriting. 
and you asked me what I had written lullaby about, and I told you it was... What? Is that how you got on this all the way over here? It was Andrew. <gasps> yeah. It was Andrew. Who, after I broke up with him by taking him the shoebox at his work... Full of the memories. Full of all the memories we'd ever made, he, uh, he passed away. God, that's so crazy. And I wrote lullaby because when he passed, I thought of his parents, and I thought that how interesting it is that when we die, sometimes if you're sick like that, you really do revert back to being a child in a yeah. lot of ways. You know, um, I heard somebody talking about the passing of their mother, some writer, I forget who it was, and he said that she was sick in the hospital bed and her foot was hanging off the side of the bed. She was an older woman. And he said he saw his mother's foot hanging off and she was curled in a fetal position and her little foot hanging off. And he said she just looked like a little child. Yeah. It was right before her death. And I thought of Andrew's parents, and I thought, how would I feel if that was his parents? Mm. I just lost this child, and I just came up with this lullaby. Yeah. And so... God, it's such a beautiful song. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm going to be releasing it soon. Are you going to record that with Max, do you think? Or have you recorded that with your... I've recorded it. I think you should. I think it would be amazing with Max. I would love to, if he'll have me. He would love to work with you. So... There's a lot ahead. You're releasing your single. Everyone's going to listen to it right now. They're going to pause this podcast and go listen. And then are you going to be putting out other singles? Wait, wait, wait. I'm just thinking about what you just said. You're doing your media training of going back to what we have to sell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, stop. You're talking about so many interesting things. I know. What else do you want to say about it? I'm just thinking about Andrew and that song and the fact that he called you from rehab. Yeah. What, and then it was a year later he was dead. Yeah. What did it feel like when he was dead? Sorry, I just have like a lot of questions. What, when you found out he died, what did it, what, was, what happened? Like who called you and how did, or what happened? I found out that Andrew died. I knew he was getting very near the end and I gave a letter to one of my best friends, Ryan, who was also Andrew's best friend. There were a little group. There was like five or six of us that were best friends. And I wanted to see Andrew, and he wouldn't let me. Wow. Why? Do you know? I assumed that he didn't want me to see him like that because he was a very small guy. Yeah. He was really short, and he always got made fun of and... You know, other jocks would come up and pick him up and put put him over their shoulder. Mean. And he got bullied a little bit. Yeah. Even in high school. Even, you know, the kids are just cruel. And so when he got sick, I think he had a lot of pride and shame mm. about it. Because he was very... He didn't speak about it really. He just really shut down. And I asked to see him multiple times. And I just got the word back that... No, he he doesn't want to see anybody. And so I wrote him a letter and I gave him a book. And I gave him a James Von Prague book. I think it's called Talking to Heaven. Looking back now, I don't know if that was the smartest thing. Because I'm sure he was terrified of dying. Mm -hmm. And here I am giving him a book about dying. I mean, you just don't know. I didn't know. It could have been... I think that's a lovely thing to do, but I think that everyone's views on death is different, and you never know, it could have helped him, it, 
Yeah, you, I have no idea. Don't assume. I never heard. I never heard from him. And then um, it was Thanksgiving, and our little group of friends was at my friend Rachel's house, and Ryan, Andrew's best friend, was there, and we had our dinner. And after dinner, Ryan said, Andrew passed away this morning. Oh, my God. And I said, why didn't you tell me when you first got here? And he said, I didn't want to ruin the dinner. <laughs> I said, Ryan. And I got up from the table and I went in Rachel's room by myself and I just sat there. I don't even think I cried. And they left me alone for like 10 minutes and then they all came in and we just cried together. And then I couldn't go to his funeral because I was playing the Staples Center. <laughs> I was playing like Jingle Ball, yeah. you know, the Kiss FM yeah. Christmas concert. And I had to be at Staples all day for sound check and everything. And I couldn't go to his funeral. And that was really hard. But I've grown up in a family where the show must go on. And so that's been my training. So that's always been a natural part of my life, that you're not there for every wedding. You're not there for every funeral. Do you regret not going? No, I don't. I've I've missed many a wedding and many yeah. a funeral. I missed my grandmother's funeral. I think that Andrew would have wanted you to go and have your big moment. Yeah, exactly. So writing lullaby was really my way of healing from that and processing what I felt. I reached out to his parents and I sent them the song and I've written them many, many times. Do they write back to you? Kind of. They kind of do, but I think it's difficult for them. Probably so painful for them. Yeah. Because you're still here. Yeah. Uh, they almost came to my concert right before quarantine happened because Ryan's parents came. Yeah. And they said, oh, Andrew's parents were going to come. Uh, but they, something came up at the last yeah. minute. So they got really close to um, being able to come. I think it would probably be so hard for them It would be hard, especially together. because that night I was finished with my set and I was going off stage and somebody said, please come back and play lullaby. Yeah. Somebody like called it out from the audience and I came back and ended up saying what it was about and I wouldn't have known that they were in the yeah. audience. So I still visit his grave when I go out to my hometown. And I like that there's a group of friends and you can all, yeah. you all remember him and yeah. he'll always be there because he's always with all of you. Yeah, I think so many times people pass on and there isn't anything to keep them around not that they should be kept around but well that's true i think especially sometimes people are just too around let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes people just won't die they're really hanging on <laughs> but at the same time i think that is something in my life that i would really oh my god i'm gonna cry <laughs> i just want it to like have meant something 
to someone and just be like remembered to someone. And I don't know what that instinct in me is particularly, but I just think it's beautiful that you have like a group of people who will always remember Andrew. I can't think of anything worse than just disappearing into nothing. And maybe I need to do some work on that. But Well, to me, that's the reason that I'm an artist. Yeah. Is because... Yeah, I mean, I guess I never will. There's songs, there's... Our songs will yeah. live past us. And to me, that's very comforting. Yeah, that's true. I guess I never really thought about that. Well, thank you for sharing all of that with me and us. Thank you for asking me and making me, <laughs> making me focus on it. I haven't talked about that. Ever, I don't think. But, uh, yeah, we talked about a lot of surprising things. I didn't know that our... Teen love. Teen love. First love. What the hell? First betrayal. First betrayal. First, first psycho freak out. <laughs> first cheating of me first tooing. First lesbian experience. Yes. <laughs> first me tooing of someone else. Yeah. I mean, I did kind of know that I would be the first one of my friend group to get me too. <laughs> to be the me tour. <laughs> you should call your album Me Tour. No, I absolutely will not. You're off to London tomorrow night. I'm off to London tomorrow night. This so the next episode will be with long me distance. in London town and you in America. Ha ha, you're the Brit and I'm the American and oh, we're swapping. We're I, swapping. Is there room for me in your suitcase? Yeah, you can come. Great. Sleep in between. See you at the airport. Will and I. <laughs> wow, that's going to be interesting. So yeah, we're going to have a lot to talk about next week. Listen, anything you want me to do, anywhere you want me to go, in London, in the surrounding areas, anything you need for me. You're going to go on a stores. spiritual sojourn for me. I will. We'll have a lot to talk about. You can send me on adventures and I can send you on. Don't send me anywhere. I'm very tired. <laughs> <laughs> okay, love you. Mwah. Bye.